0: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) It's good to interview. You finally, the person... Who's always behind it. Yeah, who's always behind it. One of the people always behind it. It
1: is weird to, like, answer your questions, Yeah.
0: After this first whole year of the share chair, the new share chair, like, we started this year, it's the first year, it's like a baby. What is that, like, what have you learned after an entire year of it?
1: I learned that creating is fun that I like making things and building like building and doing things mm-hmm. um it's just fun it in my own brain is i i think i'm s i'm like i don't know if I want to say smarter but i'm better I'm a better person from the things that I've made making this thing the share chair podcast it was just another example of that of like oh okay like Wow, now I know more people now I know more technology now i 'm learning to build a website now, because of this one thing i've gro- i 've grown in multiple ways mm-hmm. so by building or constructing a thing, um, I learn a lot
0: yeah. mm-hmm.
1: about me, about people, about technology about every about every component it takes to make something. Then I'm really learning it.
0: Now that I think about it, you're really good at making things. You were the director of theater for a long time, and you had lots of really awesome. You did Willy Wonka, right? I did. That that was the best. Aww, we okay, <laughs> I remember that was the first one that I went to for okay. like I, That was really good. Okay. And you also started the Stratford trip. Yep. you started that. You take theater kids every year to Stratford, yeah. um, Ontario, in Canada, which is a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you do writing recitals for creative writing. You yeah. made a, a website textbook. Okay, I will stop. Website. Yes. And then you, you, like you said, you learn so much from it and you gain so much from it. And where does that? Where did that start? Did someone teach you that, or? Did that happen in high school and college? Immediate
1: answer is it starts before you're even aware that it's starting, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I watched my parents. I couldn't have come up with this answer probably when I was 12 or 13, mm-hmm. but now that I'm almost 40, <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can go like, oh, yeah. I mean, my dad and my mom, both, they built things. So um, my dad like, was one of the driving forces behind Camp Bluebird, which is a cancer retreat. My dad was one of the driving forces behind the People's Center. My dad was one of the driving forces behind the Little Red House. I saw him my whole life sort of building and constructing ideas. So they're not, like, he he wasn't, and he'd chuckle if this ends up in the interview, he was not putting the boards together. Uh, I did not learn... Anything in regards to putting boards together, like, man- <laughs> like yeah. manually yeah. building. So when I'm saying building, I'm saying thought. Yeah. He built an idea. My mom too. So my mom really likes to um, sketch, mm-hmm. do art, kind of in her own sort of free time, and then that turns into even like making. She'll make these towels mm-hmm. that are designs, and they're just that's it. They're just designs. She's yeah. something to do, but then she'll sell them. She'll fundraise, give them to people for fundraisers. She'll sort of do all kinds of things with them. But there's a second answer to that, and it really is theater. I mean, theater is where I learned to build things, to Mm -hmm. be honest with you, build an idea. And that started, so that started when, I guess I was a kid, but then really hit and high school and then college and then all of a sudden in college I was responsible for mm-hmm. like a play and then you're building all aspects of it you're not just building a character but you're building a set you're building mm-hmm. an, an idea you're building also like like how do I promote this mm-hmm. you know where do I how do I get this into people's hands so all of a sudden in college when I was building shows you're building every aspect of it mm-hmm. and so that sort of solidified yeah. that I guess
0: Um, When you were younger, you had an attempt at an acting career in, I think, New York, and then... Cleveland. Cleveland. Cleveland.
1: So when I graduated, I didn't go far for college. You know, when you start putting all all the pieces back together, it's like, I wasn't... I don't think I was setting myself up... Now that I look back at it, I don't know that I was setting myself up for a New York City Mm -hmm. career before going but i did go and had a great time and realized then that that it wasn't for me so let me i guess i'll trace that back a little bit so so when i was at um hope college i was just all about theater performance that's all i wanted to do i didn't even i didn't have a minor i didn't have a second major i didn't have a minor i had, was a theater major
0: period right. that's it
1: that's all i'm going to do i just always had the feeling that if i was going to um you know, what, to be get an education degree or something, that I would then be a teacher. Because yeah. it's just, yeah, it's hard to make a living as a, a theater major. Yeah, But I thought, but I want to try it, and so that's what I'm going to do. So I went to New York as part of an internship program in college, and I would advise that to anybody who's listening. Like, do anything. Travel abroad, go do an internship program, whatever the case may be. And I worked at a theater as a stagehand um, at an off-Broadway theater, and it was awesome. It was so small and so small budget that they gave me a lot of jobs, a lot of opportunity. So nothing on stage, that's all union work. I couldn't do any of that. But it was awesome. I did anything they asked me to do. A fall term, I was in New York City, and then they'd asked me to stay on, and I was confronted with this, like, I only had one term left to have a college degree Mm -hmm. (laughs) or stay on for no particular length, like, just sort of a little while, I guess. Um, And I just couldn't do it. I was like, I've worked this hard for a college degree. i got to get my college degree. Oh, so
0: you had to choose between, like, either dropping out of college... like right before you graduated or staying in New York. Either. Yes, okay. yes,
1: and not doing what I really wanted to do, right? I really wanted to be on stage, yeah. but, and it was, and I loved the backstage work. I really did, yeah. but I just, I, yeah, that's right. I had that choice to make, and I was yeah. like, I'm not ready. And then through that last, through what, three or four months while I was finishing up my degree, mm-hmm. you know, Nikki and I had talked, and we were just like, man, it's like... Um, it's going to be a hard life if we just move to New York, just cold. We just go. We don't have money or jobs lined up or anything. Yeah. Um, is that what we want to do? And we said, no. Let's not. Let's let's see if I can get a master's degree in. I want some more training. That's what it mm-hmm. came down to. We're in Cleveland now, and um, this was our first year of marriage. And that was hard, um, just because of how much we were gone. She was working a job. And my theater, we were working in di- totally different schedules. We d- didn't see each other a lot in our first year of being married. And we were like, all of a sudden, everything started going like, whoa, 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 what do we want our life to look like? We have, If we end up having a family, what do we want that to look like? And if you're a successful theater person, performer, I mean, mm-hmm. you're working at night. Mm-hmm. Eight, six nights, six nights a week, you're gone. Nights. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's like, wait a second. I do kind of want to someday be a dad. And if I am a dad, I, I do want to be around uh all of a sudden, my Midwestern values kicked in. Yeah. <laughs> so ended up being a collective decision to bring mm-hmm. us back to West Michigan, and that's where I got the education yeah. degree.
0: Ashley and I both know you're a very humble person, and this might make you uncomfortable, <laughs> but it's true that you're such a good teacher. Everyone who I speak to really Every, oh yeah. really just enjoys your classes. How do you approach teaching overall?
1: It starts really with standards. So, like, what are, what are the standards? The, the standards of, the, of which I need to hit, the Common Core curriculum standards. That. Mm-hmm. But then after that, is trying to think of the classroom as an experience, right? Not as uh, anything else, I guess. Not as a thing to get through. I don't think any teacher, by the way, sees class as, well, this is just something they have to get through. Mm-hmm. I think we, you know. But I'm trying to, cr- I want an experience. And I know that doing, mm-hmm it often ends up being more memorable than just like hearing. Let's actually write for a reason. And if you actually write for a reason, then it'll stick better. If we actually, well, it goes back to the beginning. If We build something. If you build something, if we build something, if a small group of students build something, not only are you going to learn that thing, but you're gonna learn lots of other things. Have a class around something that's purposeful and meaningful, mm-hmm. that the reading and writing is not just for the reading and writing's sake, but another sake.
0: Where uh, did that begin? The empathy that inspires the movement you started. You started the book club, the book, uh, Can you can talk about that, and the, the now podcast. the podcast.
1: Yeah. It started with my mom mm-hmm. tucking me in mm-hmm. and seeing and asking me questions about my day. Mm-hmm. That's when I started caring about empathy. That my parents would tell me, "Well, have you thought about that from his or her perspective? Yeah. Have you done?" And then it, and then from reading *To Kill a Mockingbird*, and then, but really, when the actual like, hmm, I want to do something here at Spring Lake. When did that start? It started from reading a student's um, sacred writing. So she was talking about uh, how these how these whispers, and she's an amazing girl. Like tons of potential, but she was talking about how she was really affected by these whispered sort of things about the way that she looks in class, or, or, you know, but, and and it would be nothing that a teacher could, like, hear, that's the problem, it was, like, all sort of snuck in, and, and she said it affected her so much, it made her quiet, and all of a sudden I was like, holy cow, here's this girl with a ton of potential, and she can't realize it. She can't realize her potential. Like, what a problem. I don't think we can ever get rid of cruelty, by yeah. the way. But I do believe if we stop making an effort that it'll get worse. Mm. So I started reading a few books um, on the topic. And then one that I really loved was uh, Sticks and Stones. Mm-hmm. Um By Emily Bazelon, and I read it, and it was amazing, and I thought it brought up a lot of interesting topics. And so I went went on to the administration and said, "Hey, I've got this idea, of um, of this book community book club. Mm -hmm. Would are you in support of it? Is this something we want to do?" And they said, "Yeah." And so we just moved on. That was because that's sort of where it was. Was that's. And how that happened.
0: And there was that, and then you did, you published a book.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Empathy. That's yeah. an
0: awesome book. What's the podcast.
1: And now it's the podcast. The,
0: not last, not, by, no, not the last installment by far, no. Yeah. Knowing you, there's going to be other things that'll just make it even more Yeah. Amazing. We have to talk about two awards that you won. Right. I don't know the total mm-hmm. names.
1: Two awards. One is the Dr. Elizabeth Curtis Young Professional Award mm-hmm. as the uh, top young professional who's under 40, they were just got me in. I mean, I mean, I'm almost 40. <laughs> and so they were just squeaking me in. But I, the top uh, young professional under 40 in the community in the Tri-Cities area. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing. It was cool to be at that award presentation because there were just so many great people that were nominated or I've been awarded. Um, the 2016 National Council of Teachers of English High School Teacher of Excellence. Mm -hmm. So I just was given, this was shocking, I I was just given the the press release from NCTE, the National Council of Teachers of English, and I'm one of ten nationally. I recognize in the, in the whole country. First it feels like really? And then and then all of a sudden you start putting things together and it doesn't make me better than but you put things together and it's like, well, I mean I've been working hard. Yeah. So I mean at least yes. I'm one of many deserving people. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like I guess I'm one of those many yeah. deserving people. And so um yeah, it feels amazing. I, I don't I don't even know to say to say I don't know. It feels great. I feel (laughs) thankful.
0: Give me some advice. Give me some advice. That can apply to everyone.
1: (laughs) Make a difference. So, so, yeah. Make a difference. Push out. Make your work matter. And that that can be in any way. But make your work matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Make it important for you and for others.
0: For being on the Share Chair podcast, Mr. Tony. Yeah. Yay! Fun. Finally, we get to hear who's behind the who's behind the voice. Fun.
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Share Chair. Stay tuned next week for a new episode.